1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday
2: mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max coming to you live from the seaport brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. I
3: mean, it looks pretty out there. It, does. it was cold over the
4: weekend. It better be pretty. Had
3: no, I me mean, feeling like though, it was Scott. February it looks instead of June. Though. Is it? Is it? How's the weather? It was freezing. It's, no, I'm saying no, is it was fair nice now, though. What? Yeah.
2: It was a little unseasonably cool, a little bit, but Key, it was like in the low 60s to, 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 to low 70s this weekend. I
4: wasn't in the low 70s where I was well, in Connecticut. Maybe,
2: maybe a touch 70.
4: I was, we were wearing jackets.
2: Yeah, but it was nice, though it was crisp. It's June. It was a little cool, but it was not, you, You're going to say that's just bad weather? Come on. I'm just saying, though. I'd rather be
4: in a t shirt well, with getting, my toes you got, out got like that, Key.
2: You got, so it's just like 50 something when I left the house today. And by the middle of the day, it'll be mid 70s, low 70s.
4: It went it's from nice like weather. ninety to like sixty degrees, Max. But 90's a little hot, wouldn't you say? I mean, I want it to be ninety. It's been cold here way too long.
3: All right, yeah, then. but y'all ninety is is humid. Well, yeah.
4: not not in yeah. Connecticut though. Nineties.
2: Yeah, Jay's like, listen, in my coastal community, <laughs> I prefer it to be warm. And that way, I get it to go be, in.
3: The... I prefer.
5: I like I spend to jump time in North the South. Man, I like, time I, like time. I like it. I like it hot. That's all yes, right. That's I'm saying, I'm gonna have a couple months of that. You know? Don't worry.
3: As we Spicy. go fishing, along the <laughs> like rivers. in Miami, hot
4: like they were shooting that three last night, baby.
2: Yeah, they were. They got That's hot. Like, like, like they've it. been a lot these playoffs. They've been hot. You know, they were uncharacteristically. Been telling cool. you guys this the whole time, game man. one.
4: Telling you the whole time. Can't overlook the heat.
2: You picked them to get swept. <laughs> <laughs> Brought out
4: of room. You said sweep. Then when I use your strategy, you can't lean into my, your strategy. Well,
2: what you But see, if I were you, what I would say <laughs> is I'd say I'm a gentleman, and so when I said swept, I obviously was referring to a gentleman's sweep. I'd have a top hat and a monocle right now. I don't know about
3: that. How do the Nuggets get back in this game three, Jay? Play some damn defense. Well, Michael Malone, key, Be helpful. thought.
2: Was laying it on a little thick with the us against the world stuff, right? And I agree. You want to hit it, but he's almost been hitting it too hard.
3: I, like, now you got Max, are doing he's that. been hitting it all the way back from the Lakers, right? That yeah. was a month ago. No, no one believes just, in us and you guys in the media. No one believes, in the, believes yeah, in us. Right. I, You know, it's all about the Lakers. No one's talking. And then well, you lean right in with him, Jay. You know, oh, why are you always talking about the Lakers? All we do is talk about the Lakers. And well, then he well, said, what's about I want to be called Michael, not Mike. You know, like, that, on, that, was,
4: that was multiple years ago. Stop making he does that have up. a right to
2: have his he, name. He, he said that multiple years name. ago.
4: Stop adding that in, Key, for the extra flavor. And <laughs> what secondly, else can we find on Malone? You guys told me that everybody <laughs> wants to talk about the Lakers, so that's why we talk about the Lakers. Yeah. So like, okay. is he wrong? Was he wrong? Or are you guys just feeling some type of way, Keith? Because no. I, saw, I saw your text, Joey. I saw your text my, last night. What
3: was my text?
4: Yeah, Tell Jay So what happens. And went to the squad on the sweep. From a Lakers fan, from an anonymous Lakers fan, oh yeah, yeah fan. it was
3: some other stuff in there too. Yeah, though. yeah I, and Lakers fans take that. heart because, <laughs> in fact, the Miami Heat are the Lakers' southeast. Kind of it's a Pat it's Riley show. Funny.
2: That's a that's a Lakers team. It's a, it's an offshoot. It's a subsidiary of the Lakers. I think, Jay. Maybe. They're not the Lakers. Yes, Southeast. they have Pat Riley running they the show. They play more that's the like Lakers. the Golden
4: State Warriors. Nevertheless,
2: that's a Lakers. See how you're getting the Lakers that's into a Lakers the show again. Won a championship as a player, was, went to the finals as a player, went, won multiple championships as a coach with the Lakers. Pat Riley, showtime.
4: You would find a way to get that back <laughs> what in the, the show. You talking you? about? He's back? making up stuff. Yeah. A little bit.
2: Michael Malone called <laughs> out his <laughs> team after game two. <laughs> Listen to him questioning the team's effort at the postgame presser
6: let's talk about effort. I mean, this is the NBA Finals, and we're talking about effort. That's a huge concern of mine. You know, and you guys probably thought I was just making up some storyline after game one when I said we didn't play well. We didn't play well. And tonight, you know, that, the starting li- lineup to start the game, is 10-2 Miami, start the third quarter. They scored 11 points in two minutes and 10 seconds. Um, and we just got – you know, we had guys out there that were just – whether feeling sorry for themselves or not making shots or thinking they can just turn it on or off. Um, this is not the preseason. It's not the regular season. It's not round. This is the NBA finals. And that, to me, is really, really perplexing, disappointing.
2: Mm-hmm. So now he's calling out his own team. All right. he, he's,
4: but it's not now. He's been doing this, y'all. He, he's been doing this for most of the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. He's been talking about his team's lack of discipline and commitment and sense of urgency on the defensive end. I mean, there was a reason why in the second quarter, when they were down, you brought Christian Braun in the game, and they played better. Mm-hmm. Like
2: so. Oh, you think he's talking about Porter Jr. specifically? I, well,
4: yeah, I think he's talking about. It's it's a collaborative effort, though. I think he's talking about a lot of his guys. I mean, all these, a lot of these threes that they had in Game One that they were missing because it came up an intense series against Boston. Game Seven, quick turnaround, then traveling out to Denver, altitude, all this stuff. They missed open shots, right? So you would think that they would adjust. Michael Mullen even preached after the game, hey, fourth quarter, we gave up 30 points on 60% shooting from the field, close to 50% shooting from the three-point line. This is concerning. So when there's – I gave you the first three coverages or the first three made threes from Max Struess in the game were just bad coverages where you got open looks and you're sitting there saying to yourself, what the hell are you doing, Denver? Like, actually have a sense of urgency. Stay down in the stance. Communicate. Are you switching? or You're not blitzing any screens when it's involved with two guards. You're switching. Why are they getting open threes? It's a point of concern.
2: Meantime, Jeff Green, speaking of corner threes, right? Jeff Green, Mr. Corner Three himself, had the, had an answer to the lack of effort. Would you like to hear that, Jay and Sure. At the post-game press conference. Here is the Nuggets forward discussing their effort.
6: I mean... It's the finals, man. Like our energy has to be better. We can't come out like we did, and um, you know we have to be better. All
2: right. So that's the truth. I mean, they got blitzed in the first quarter. He didn't say it with a lot of energy when he said talking about his energy needs to be better, but okay.
4: I mean, look, man. I, once again,
3: it sounds like that sounds like a little a nerve to me. That sounds like a little nervous to me. I think they it a little did nervous hockey. Going you heard Miami. nervousness, huh? Yeah, because you know you could have. He could have said it differently with a little more yeah, with your authority chest authority to it, right? A little more authority to it. Right. When Jimmy Butler and them uh, lost in Game One, they said it with a little more authority. Like, I yeah, agree.
2: We, you didn't say you it know. with your chest, man. Say it like you mean it. He when you especially when you talk about a lack of effort. If you say that with a lack of effort, what it does is reinforce the idea, man. These dudes might not be ready.
4: Well, here's the thing. It goes back to the point. I mean.
3: See, even you right now, Jay, you, you sound defeated. Deflated.
4: No, no. No, I was just about to make the point that Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, you never question their defensive intensity. And they're your team's best players. So, I understand what Jokic can do on the offensive end. I understand how explosive Jamal Murray is. But that's a trickle-down effect. And at the end of the day, in the history books, nobody's going to be talking about Michael Porter Jr., Nobody's going to be talking about KCP or Christian Braun. You're right. They're going to be talking about Jokic, and they're going to be talking about Jamal Murray. And if that trickle-down effect leads him to losing this series, that's going to be bad, bad news for Denver.
2: I I will remind everyone, even with all that stuff, Jamal Murray started putting on a show at the end of that game, and even with Butler in his face, just missed tying the game on a three. After they were down, what, about eight points? You like blinked like a minute or two before that. Like, Jamal Murray, as, so I was, I'll admit it, because I predicted the Heat in seven, I did not want them to fall down. Like, whoever wins it, if it goes seven games, I'm happy. But once you make a prediction, if you're in the media, of course you want your prediction to be true most of the time, you know, unless you have, like, your, your favorite team in it or something. But so, so, yeah, I wanted the Heat to win that game. And, and, and you know, it just was happening emotionally to me. Like, oh, they're going to I was scared as someone who predicted the Heat. I thought, oh, they're going to win this game. Jamal Murray had me nervous at the end of that game.
4: Key, let me tell you this. I was texting one of my boys who lives down in Miami, and he's obviously a Heat fan, and we go back and forth about this all the time. And I was I was saying, man, like, they have so many of these old guys at the park that just know how to act, right? Like Kyle Lowry, it, it, it's proven in the history books, one of the world's greatest floppers of all time, flopped multiple times Got people to buy in and make calls. Like, there were a lot of questionable calls by the refs, too. Even, like, the supposed push on the M one, on Aaron Gordon, on Jimmy Butler's back, on the baseline, wasn't really a push. Like, Jimmy just kind of flopped to the ground, got an and one. Like, they got a lot of calls. And you, you wonder about, you know, them talking about that free throw discrepancy in game one. They only had two free-throw attempts. Granted, they were the attacker. They were the aggressor. But when you're the aggressor and you initiate that contact from the beginning of the game, you yes. put yourself in a position to succeed, then you end up getting those calls. Yeah, right? we forgot all about that, one, right, we They Keith? were
3: not aggressive when you, you no. go back to game one. Like you said, they just wasn't aggressive. Jimmy Butler talked about that, about how many opportunities that they did that they passed on and they were shooting all those threes and missing those jump shots. And When you look at it, you're only going to get the fouls was called in the paint and there wasn't enough in the paints to get enough fouls but in game 2 out the gate they changed the whole outlook on the way the refs was calling it
4: awesome man it happens when you shoot 49% from the three point line it's so you funny made 17 threes man it's-,
2: it's so funny how like there's just so much, so many themes and storylines and what's talked about that that's the first time we've touched on it that's a very good call jay you what's already forgotten is that or can get glossed over? Is that they only shot two free throws in game one, as a team? That's absurdly low, absurdly low. Noah, you kept pointing out, Jay. No one in the starting five, no one in the starting lineup had had a single free throw, had a single trip to the line. That's crazy. So th- that was adjusted it's in crazy, game two. Yo. What's that key? It's crazy, yo. It's crazy, yo. But it is like, and it's funny how the question after game one was. They're missing a lot of open threes. Is there something they can do to put themselves in a better position to hit those open shots? And, Jay, you talked about they can be more aggressive, and they were from the beginning, and that's probably not a coincidence that now they started to hit those open shots.
4: You have Kevin Love as a starter. Kevin Love takes on the responsibility of guarding Aaron Gordon. It allows Jimmy Butler to then guard Jamal Murray, who is the, he's the head of the snake, right? So you play Jokic in single coverage. Well, Steve Jokic. Kerr
2: told Draymond Green on, uh, on the podcast, head of what? the snake, that, that it looks like Jokic is the head of the snake, but maybe it's really Jamal Murray, and so that's the head you got to cut off.
4: Why, why? I said this on Friday. I said that... Jamal Murray, head of the snake on Friday. I'm just saying Steve Kerr pointed that out. But I pointed it out on Friday. But once he says it,
2: it means now he, even though you did it first, puts him how he did You don't,
4: don't Keita, hearing and listening. You, you don't listen you to me. You retroactively I took it from him. I yeah, retroactively took actually, it from him. I
2: said it before hey. him. Yes, that's right. You went so backward object. in time and took it from Steve Kerr. How dare you?
3: Guess what you are getting credit for.
4: What? Nobody hmm. can see you on radio. Steve Kerr oh, did not right. predict a the sweep, sweep to my knowledge.
3: <laughs> the sweep. I forgot. No one can see me on radio. <laughs> Jay, who's the head of the snake?
4: I don't like your game.
3: I'm just curious. I don't Who do like you your, think it is? I don't like your game. Are is you annoying? calling Jay a snake? Steve Kerr?
2: No, Steve Curse said it's Jamal Murray. Do you agree?
4: We'll tell you that answer coming back from break. Coming up next, your calls.
2: 888-SAY-ESPN.
7: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot
4: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but
2: sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what
4: happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring
2: delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. This is Keyshawn, J. Will and Max coming to you live from the seaport brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. What a, what a call by Steve Kerr when he told Draymond Green that maybe it's Jamal Murray that's the head of the snake, and that's who they, that's who they had to cut off. <laughs> Great point by Steve Kerr. <laughs> I don't know why you don't make points like that sometimes. Like
4: You're, you, you are Steve the worst Kerr. friend of all time. Said, you, all your hustle techniques need to be written down in a book. Yeah. It, he it said, says you run people in circles. What? So wait. Are we claiming as a show, if the Heat win, that we all have picked the Heat?
2: Yes. I t- now,
4: you're now
2: you're catching on. Now you're catching on. Yes, you say what you do since I took the Heat in seven <laughs> I, I, is if the Heat somehow win this thing, you say, hey, Keyshawn, J. Will Max, X. you were listening to that show. That's my show. You could hear Heat in seven. That's the we, only show have been telling you that, that all predicted. along. See what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. Both sides. I like it. We're building. Good people. Nope. He's
2: catching on. I'm trying to put you up on game. Nope. All right. If a coach calls out his teams, his team, Numerous times throughout the year, is right. it still his fault if the team doesn't come out with effort when they need to? And and furthermore, is he talking specifically about Michael Porter Jr. Jay? Do you think? I, and is Michael Porter Jr. just hampered with a, with a kind of back that won't let him
4: do the kind of things he needs to do? I'm not using the back. It's NBA Finals, and I I, I love MPJ. I mean, it's. To me, it's a lot of that effort that I feel like for Denver at times, certain players, their defense is predicated on their offense. So it's it's a great psychological strategy if you're Eric Spolstra. If you continue to play the Joker in single coverage and the Joker is doing his thing, and then certain players who are used to playing off double teams, the ball being rotated, them getting a lot of shots, right, um, in that style of offense, now their shots are limited and their defense is predicated on their offense. You tell me what happens then. That's what happens.
2: Key, key what about you and your experience in the NFL? Do, if a coach is on it about effort, but the team or key components of the team don't produce it in the moment of truth, is that on the coach or the players?
3: Well, it's, it's a little bit of both because if the coach recognizes that the hustle length isn't there then it's up to him to get them to pay attention to do give maximum effort it's also on the players to police themselves as a team whoever that captain is whoever that leader is jay knows this this, up to them to say, say, man, what are we doing?
2: I mean, I know the Bel- Belichick yeah. teams, and you know I've been on a Belichick for not winning playoff games without Tom Brady, but one thing is his teams always seem to give effort. I never look at the Patriots and think, boy, that effort wasn't there.
4: Well, here's, here's a little segment called unacceptable, okay? So Michael Porter Jr. was being guarded by Kevin Love last night. Mm-hmm. Kevin Love's damn near my age. Michael and height,
2: by the way. It, Kevin Love is not like 6'10". It's, and it's yeah. not like Kevin Love like is in
4: the prime with his lateral speed. Okay, right. Michael Porter Jr., last night, zero free throw attempts. The game one, two free throw attempts, Key. Uh, last game against the Lakers, because well, that was in four. Game four, two free throw attempts. Game three, two free throw attempts. Game two, two free throw attempts. Game one, zero free throw attempts. And then the six games against... The Phoenix Suns, game six, two free-throw attempts. Game five, zero free-throw attempts. Game four, two, one, one, zero. Come on, man. Al- Come on, Albert
2: in D.C., you're on KJM ESPN Radio.
4: Yeah, so
6: uh, honestly, man, I'm calling because I got to be honest. I got to jump in the boat with J. Will. I thought Dunn was going to put that broom on him, too. Um but with that being said, uh Denver got a problem and it's called Michael Porter Jr. Uh he can't play he, he can't read and react to defenses and is and it's causing them a lot of a lot of problems. Um what Eric Sposter is doing is, is awesome. Choosing to uh let, let Joker do what he do and shut down everybody else, I think that's awesome. And um, one thing for Jay Will before I go. Uh, before I go, I just wanted to say that I've been listening to him. He's an avid supporter of Kevin Durant. And uh, I just wanted him to know that Kevin Durant is is missing what he had in Cole Fieldhouse in College Park a few years ago when Duke was down nine points with less than a minute to play. Mm, don't do That's that. what Kevin Durant don't missing. So, don't, to don't, me, he'll don't. paper champ, and he'll always be a paper champ.
4: Don't do that. You were going – it was going so well at first. And then, Albert, you know, but let me me go back to your point about Michael Porter Jr. That's the problem, man. Like, whenever he gets the ball, Max and Key, it's a step back. It's like an erotic step back. You know certain players – Max, you wouldn't know this. Like, if we were playing three-on-three and you pass somebody the ball and it's like all of a sudden like a crazy shot, you're like, what was that? Like, that just wasn't in the offense. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that's what – Breaks the flow. Yes. Yeah. And that's what happens every time you watch Michael Porter Jr. catch the ball. It's like some kind of erratic He's not catch. Step he's dog. not catch and shoot. He doesn't even – but not right. even, he doesn't even look at the rim. Yeah. Like he doesn't even try to get to the rim. Look rack. at all
2: the guys open there too. Like he is going to shoot it when he gets it because he's not getting a lot of touches.
4: So my thing is like if, if that guy – and he played 26 minutes last night. Christian Brown played 15 minutes. Like Michael Malone is saying to himself, I'd rather play Christian Brown. 15 minutes and have Michael Porter Jr. on the floor. Mm. That's a major problem.
2: City Cat in Miami. You're on KJM.
6: How y'all doing, guys? Meow. Yeah. Good morning. What's up,
3: City What's Cat? What's hey,
6: how's it going, man? Uh, i have really not taken nothing from Denver, but they really haven't shown me nothing in the playoffs but big teams that were made from the trade deadline. I think if those teams were a year in together, we might not be seeing Denver. What so a ba- this is the first complete team that has been together for a year that Denver is actually playing.
3: Man. That I've been Denver's saying actually that the playing. whole time. Jay, I think
2: there's a natural tendency when people hear that, like, oh stop it. Denver's awesome and this and that. But it is a fact, right? He's but I've talking been saying about the whole time. That they're playing low seeds. This is the lowest combined seeding any if they were to win the title, any champion ever faced. And even if those seeds should have been higher, at Lakers are a seven, but as Key says, it's a fake seven, right? It's My, a all says. that kind of stuff. But still, they're a seven because they improved at the trade deadline, and there is a difference between a team like Miami that's cohesive and has been together a long time and a Johnny-come-lately team. Is there some validity to that?
4: When, Miami was not good throughout the course of the regular season. But you they had a whole know.
2: season together to figure it out. Uh,
4: okay. I mean, so, like, do you guys think, not think Denver would come out of the East?
2: Denver would come out of the Maybe East. Maybe not if they had to play Miami. We're going to
3: find out now. Find Let's out see. Out now. Yeah, we're with about Giannis to find going out.
4: Down, with Giannis going down? Uh, They're going against – I mean, so, I don't, I don't get the point.
3: The point is they haven't really truly been tested by teams from wire to wire. That's what he's trying to a say. That the team has been together from, the, wire, in to in wire. Together from yeah, wire to wire. In the playoffs. Wire to wire in the playoffs. Yeah. Phoenix, they, like, Phoenix. Phoenix got, thrown together, the, late, right? okay. got like, thrown together late, right? Lakers yep. got thrown together late. Phoenix got thrown together late. That's what he's saying. Not that Denver's not an awesome now, team. Now they we're, are, you, but now we're, we're using
4: Phoenix got thrown together late when before all everybody kept talking about was, is Kevin Durant and Devin Booker in the same squad and most prolific offense that's you ever seen? All, no, that's other not no, all. It was CP3. Being, being, it was, that's not wait, what everybody but, was but saying. But injuries, war of attrition. Can you pick Phoenix to win that series, by the way? But that we'll say that for another day. But war of attrition happens in every series, right? But but one of the things that
2: everyone, including you, including including me, everyone pointed out about Phoenix is if they're not going to do it, it's because they just got thrown together. They had to thin out the roster to bring in KD. might take them another year to fill in the pieces now and get used to each other. And, in fact, it played out that way, right? Like it did. And it's not that, you know, like people were pointing out if it doesn't work out for them, even though you're right, they were the favorites, that would be the reason. So who
4: would you have rather had Denver play? To, to show you that they're ready to be in this situation. The 72-win Bulls. Because I think that's absurd. I would like to see them play the 72-win <laughs> like, Bulls. How much you much rather them see, see them play Sacramento? The 87
2: Lakers. Would that have been helpful for you guys? And then the 86 Celtics, in that, in that order.
4: Because they beat up on Sacramento in regular season. So I'm like, I think i I'm curious, what, what you guys felt like you needed to see from Denver the wise to make you think they I've belong seen, I've, be
3: seen, I've seen what I needed to see. They're a good basketball team. The Joker's ridiculous. There's no question about it. But at the same time, Jay, we got a break.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the Moses Malone Sixers, the KD Warriors, it
3: just In teams fact, like that would I just say nuts. we got a break?
4: He can't help himself.
3: What
2: I is the biggest that. question we ought to be looking for heading into the NFL season? KJM ESPN Radio. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. We are joined now by ESPN NFL, NFL front office insider, former NFL executive, got two ones for Key. (laughs) Key wound up winning the Super Bowl. The Jets wind up in the uh, AFC championship game. Not too bad. Former NFL executive Mike Tannenbaum. What's going on, Mike?
1: Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing? Doing good, Mike.
2: What's your biggest question heading into the NFL season, Mike T.?
1: You, you know, guys, right now, to me, it's DeAndre Hopkins, because if he goes to a team like Detroit specifically, I think they take the next step in the NFC. And we talk about Dallas, San Francisco, obviously Philadelphia. I think Detroit, with DeAndre Hopkins, checks a lot of boxes. They can rush the passer. They fix the back end. And I think they could go in on opening night, Thursday night in Kansas City, and beat them, much the way they beat Green Bay in the last game of the season. So where DeAndre Hopkins signs, to me, is a critical story right now.
3: Yeah, if I'm D-Hop, I'm not messing with Detroit. Um, I'm good on that. Who's the biggest challenger, though, Mike, in the AFC to the Kansas City Chiefs?
1: Key, it's your hometown, L.A. Chargers, because if they're healthy, we know how much Bosa missed last year, J.C. Jackson, Rashawn Slater. We've already seen Justin Herbert go in and beat Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. And, look, I think it's a little bit like Philly and Dallas. I think – Philly's clearly the better team. Obviously, I think Kansas City is the better team over the regular season. But for one game, I think Justin Herbert has that sort of
4: transcendent talent that he could go into Kansas City and knock them out. Hold on, Mike T, for one second, because key, I'm curious, why are you staying away from Detroit again this year? They run the football too much for me. That's it. That's your only concern.
3: Yeah, I don't, and I don't think I. I think it's a lot of overhype. But I like Dan Campbell. Good. Aaron Glenn, they're former teammates of mine, and, and I want them to win, but I'm not – when, when teams come in with preseason hype that hadn't done it before, it typically doesn't work out. It just doesn't. It's usually the teams that's done it before that comes back with the hype, the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, the 49ers, the Philadelphia Eagles, a team like Detroit – They beat some brand-name teams last year, and they had a nice little run, so everybody's excited about them. I'm not as excited. You see, Mike T, I
4: I don't know. I might have to disagree a little bit with Kiyo now because similar to what we're watching with the Miami Heat and their culture, I feel like the culture that Dan Campbell is starting to establish, it feels like you want to get behind that because there's there's true momentum there. Are you feeling the same way?
1: Yeah. Jay. Will, absolutely. In 2015, we hired uh, Dan to be – the interim head coach of the Dolphins, and Key knows, Dan, as Key mentioned, their former teammates, and I love what he said last year, going through that last week of the season, if you guys remember, there was like permutations of who could get in, and all he kept saying is this, if we're not in, they're not in, and just think about the leadership and the culture, to your word, Jay Will, from a standpoint of Detroit has zero play for primetime game, Aaron Rodgers, Lambeau Field, and they beat them, which is really remarkable. So, again, I think they're going to win the North, and... On opening day, you know, there's going to be all this hype and celebration. Patrick Mahomes, now the ring, the banner and all that. But I think Dan Campbell has the mindset to go in there and win that game.
2: Hey, you know, and they traded. I think part of the reason maybe people are psychologically a little more down on them than they ought to be is that Jared Goff, former number one overall pick, was packaged up with multiple first-round picks in order to acquire Matt Stafford. So, in other words, they felt in L.A., Goff's not enough. How much of that is where Goff was in his career – You know, he's a younger player, not as experienced as Stafford. And how much of that is just not talented enough? Because Mike T., I don't think it's coincidence that this guy was the number one pick, two-time Pro Bowler, went to a Super Bowl on a high-powered offense, gets to a new place, and now they have a high-powered offense, and he's playing very well. So does Goff still have room to – is there still a ceiling there he hasn't hit?
1: Absolutely, and I think their offensive line is going to put him in a position to play better. And let's – Remember, guys, what does the NFL keep teaching us? The quarterback is a developmental position. Jalen Hurts, Geno Smith, probably the most recent examples of quarterbacks that kept working and got better. And both those quarterbacks played great last year. And I see no reason, Max, to your point, how they cannot, they, they can still get better. And I'm around St. Brown. He is an emerging star. People don't know that name on the national level, but he could be an absolute superstar, and I think Jared Goff and St. Brown are a difficult combination to defend. You
2: don't know, if you play DraftKings, that's for sure, St. Brown. He could give you some points.
4: Mike T., which rookie quarterbacks do you see in the league this year? Obviously, I saw a, a video of Richardson dunking the ball <laughs> this weekend. I was like, oh, my goodness. This dude is built like a Super, super super-duper athlete. Which rookie quarterback do you see having the most impact on the roster this season?
1: Yeah, Jay. Will, long-term, it could be Anthony Richardson, but this year it's unquestionably, in my mind. Bryce Young, I don't think there's ever been a quarterback with this sort of infrastructure. First of all, Andy Dalton will be a great teammate. Thomas Brown coming over from the Rams, bringing a lot of the Sean McVay concepts. And then, oh, by the way, Jim Caldwell who is an unbelievable quarterback coach, is on their uh, on their staff as a senior advisor. Josh McCown, longtime NFL quarterback, is the quarterback coach. And Frank Reich's their head coach. I can't imagine there's ever been a quarterback with this sort of support system around a single player, plus his experience from Alabama, that offensive line. I think Bryce Young's going to play great football this year.
2: There's no doubt about I mean, well, I don't know if there's no doubt about it, but I could easily see that, Mike T. But the question that... Key has and others have, including me, is, and you must also, is yes, but for how long, given his size and his frame, right? Like, the, 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 I, I've no problem believing he'll be really, really good, but for how long? Why are you not more nervous about that?
1: No, I am. It's a fair point. We, we've talked about quite a bit. His physical stature is a question mark, but. I think he has short area quickness. I think he has good footwork. And I think he has an incredible mind that he'll get rid of the ball, which will help minimize those hits, which he will invariably take. They all do. Um, and that will be the question we'll need to answer. But when healthy, I think he has a chance to play really well. And, again, I think he can get off to a fast start.
3: We, we never want to talk a negative about a player, a young man, or anything like that. I think he's going to be fine to a degree. I just couldn't do it, Mike. If if I was pulling the trigger, couldn't do it. I, I had an opportunity yeah, to stand. No. <clears throat> I had an opportunity to stand next to Anthony Richardson, Justin Fields, okay, Cam Newton, Jared Goff, Vinnie Testaverde, Drew Bledsoe, okay, and Bryce Young. I've had an opportunity to stand against. It, I just Not for my liking. Two is just, I don't don't know. I just don't see it. But that's just, you know, who knows?
1: Key, key, it's a totally fair point. Um, He does not pass the eyeball test, but, you know, neither did Drew Brees or Russell Wilson. And I know there are exceptions, and you just gave us what the rule is. I totally get it. Um, It's a fair point. I just think Bryce Young has the ability to be the exception to the rule.
4: Mike hey, Chan. Mike, Mike. I have one last field. question before we get out, and I know we're going to be late, but I, I right want to hear your point on this. So Will Levis had a rough practice the other day during OTAs, and it became a really, a really big talking point. And J.J. Watt came out and actually supported him, talking about why are we putting so much pressure on these young quarterbacks when they're going through OTAs. Just what do you think about the, the pressure now from a media perspective that guys like Will Levis or C.J. Stroud have for organizations just during the OTAs wow. aspect of, of working out?
1: Yeah, I totally agree with J.J. Watt. That's what practice is for. You want to refine your skills, get better, work on things that don't come easy. You want to make mistakes in practice and get outside your comfort zone. And the, these rookie quarterbacks, they're learning a new language. It doesn't happen overnight. So um, we're all in a rush to make you know these judgments of how good someone's going to be. We just talked about Jalen Hurts and Geno Smith. They all had bumps in the road in real games, let alone practice. So I think context is really important.
2: Mike T, ladies and gentlemen, thanks, Mike. All right, Mike, great trade. Thanks, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Are the
3: Packers rebuilding? What trade, Jay?
2: Huh? Which trade? I go to
3: break, Max. We're building. One. No, of I their... want to know which trade. <laughs> One of their players thinks. Because they if you're been... talking about me, that wasn't a great trade. Or no. They still trying to replace him. Didn't, didn't it, it? Didn't it, do that? Did didn't it, work, didn't it did work out when did involved? didn't no, it work out for all parties. No, I went on to win a Super Bowl. They went home. Well, they didn't win a Super Bowl, but they had playoff success, and you got to win a Super Bowl. Again, Max, they went home. Hey, would you rather have stayed on the Jets? They didn't go to no playoffs, Max. In retrospect,
2: are you glad he traded you or not? We're so petty on this show. In retrospect, are you glad he traded you or not? We got to go to break. Otherwise, how would you have ever gotten to be coached by – all right, anyway, are the Packers (laughs) rebuilding? (laughs) One of their players thinks so, KJM.
7: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
4: Keyshawn, J.
2: Will, and Max, the podcast. KJM ESPN Radio, time to run the no huddle. Nuno! All
5: right, all right. Uh, We'll start down in Carolina with uh, one of Keys' favorite uh, young quarterbacks, Bryce Young. Frank Wright talked about what he's seen in Bryce Young so far at OTAs
7: fearless right I mean we want our quarterbacks all need to be fearless and at the same time it's always that healthy tension right of being fearless but being smart in the red zone we think touchdown check down there's times as a quarterback when you got to take that chance you got to it's a tight window can I make that throw can is are we going to convert and then there's times to check it down decision making timing accuracy uh you know that's really the game at quarterback and we're just starting out as an offense so we got a long way to go you know it's it's been good you know we still got work to do but everybody's showing progress
5: all right key does Frank Wright sound like a guy who's trying to temper expectations or is he increasing expectations for Bryce Young?
3: Yeah, I think he's trying to I think he's trying to temper him. I don't think he's increasing them. He's just saying that quarterbacks need to be fearless, which is he's right. If there's a window and you think you need to make that throw, make it. If it goes bad, shake it off and go back to the huddle and let's try to regroup and do it all over again.
4: I mean, look, he's obviously trying to temper expectations on his young superstar quarterback. I mean, you're revamping the offense, right? I mean, you lose a guy like Christian McCaffrey, you get a guy like Miles Sanders, you're able to sign Adam Thielen, you know, Adam Chark, um, you know, DJ Chark, excuse me. So it's going to take time. You can't rush the process. He's He's setting the table the right way. clearly tempering expectations, clearly. He's setting the table the right way. All
5: right. All right. Let's go to Green Bay. They've, I don't know if you've heard, they moved on from their Hall of Fame quarterback who only won one Super Bowl, kind of weak. Uh, So, David Bakhtiari. Kind of weak. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, as great as he was, you get one title. As a fan, I'd be a little upset about that. So, David Bakhtiari, uh, Packers left tackle, was talking about are they rebuilding versus competing? And here's what he had to say.
2: We got a job to do. Like, we got a job to win. I know everyone would love to take the words that I said, but, I mean, it's, to me, flat out how I look at it, it's disrespectful to say you're not rebuilding off a Hall of Fame quarterback. It was disrespectful to say you weren't rebuilding off of Brett Favre when we moved to Aaron. No one knew who Aaron was and what he was going to be, so I'm not going to sit here and pull back those words. Because that, that is, when you look at how it's been built and how we were chasing after it and out the cap, there's a bunch of situations that can definitely allude to. it. We have a young team. With that, people go to the word rebuild on an extreme level, or you look at what it is. The beauty is I have no clue and that's the beauty of it that's what football is we're all batting a thousand come the first game of the year and we'll figure it out
6: I'm
5: not <laughs> mad at it <laughs> all right jason you hopped in there first jay should the packers just admit that they're rebuilding and take some pressure off of jordan love
4: i mean is when we're gonna take pressure off of jordan love regardless of whether they're rebuilding or not you're following Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. There's going to be pressure. Sorry, one word is not going to change the, the, that, how much pressure that is on Jordan Love at all. At all.
3: I think he needs to worry about protecting Jordan Love's blind side, number one, in, in Bakhtiari. But at the same time, they're not rebuilding. They're putting in a quarterback that they expect to be able to do some things. When you're rebuilding – that means you lost several players, and I understand Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer, and Aaron Rodgers is this, and Aaron Rodgers is that, but if they feel like this young man and Jordan Love can get them to where they want to be, sometimes it's addition by subtraction, and I know you guys don't want to say that because it's Aaron Rodgers, but what if Jordan Love does do some things that make you go, hmm, Will we still be sitting here at the end of the year talking about they were rebuilding? Are you predicting that? I think he's going to do – I think they're going to win the division. That's what I think. Mm. I don't. If you, look at, if you
2: look at Aaron Rodgers' first season where he actually started, right, so Brett Favre is there and Rodgers sitting on the bench for three years. Three years. Drafted right around the same spot as Jordan Love. They were 13-3 and three with, in Brett Favre's last season. You know what they were with Aaron Rodgers in his first season? Tell me. 6 and 10 So I wouldn't say it's a rebuild key, but I do think it's reasonable to say he's going to have to get his feet wet his first year as starter. He's not going to be as good as Aaron Rodgers was in Rodgers' last season as starter where they didn't even make the playoffs, but not like a full rebuild because they've already drafted their receivers. They're ascending. So maybe a little step back year one, and then they're right back at it the following year. I think that, to me, that's fair.
3: I I think they're going to win the division. I know you guys love Detroit and –
5: you guys are all high on the Lions. Minnesota, like, yeah. yeah.
2: Detroit, Minnesota. Yeah. Chicago should be better. We'll see. Yeah, Minnesota.
5: All right. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but uh, everyone was in love with Anthony Richardson and what they've seen at OTAs. Um, here's Shane Steikton talking about Anthony Richardson and his play during OTAs.
2: He's been good. You know, I think with anything, you know, guys are going to make mistakes here and there, um, but you learn from them. You know what I mean? I think he's done a great job of learning from those mistakes and trying not to make those same mistakes twice. You know, I think that's the biggest thing with all players is don't make the same mistake twice. And it's our job as coaches uh, to coach them up uh, and get it right. But he's had a great mindset. All
5: right. Key, either, neither, both the Texans and the Panthers will regret passing up on Anthony Richardson.
3: I think both. Mm-hmm. I think both will regret passing up on Anthony Richardson. I fell in love with the young man a couple of weeks ago. I had the opportunity to talk to him in person, and just his candid conversation and his smile and the things that he was saying made me want to get in the huddle with him. But I do believe his style of play fits perfectly with Shane Steichen and the Indianapolis Colts they want to do. It. I don't necessarily know in Houston and in Carolina that his style works for them.
4: Yeah, I would agree with you, Key, on both. I think Shane Steichen is the right person for the job. And you know, one of the things that a lot of people, you know, we automatically expect just cuz you get drafted that you're supposed to go into any situation and be successful. Who you're being coached by and the strategy and scheme that they actually it have matters. More, matter. It it does, man. <laughs> it matters more than anything, Key. I mean, it's the only person that's been able to do that in the NBA is like LeBron James. You tell me who's been able to accomplished that besides that in the NFL as a quarterback to
2: the answer the question Nuno yes I do think they're going to regret it I think Hendon Hooker would have been the guy he's hurt let's see what happens if he can come back from injury I think he he might be the best out of the bunch especially by the way where he went we'll see Richardson to me when you see an athlete that big and strong and good and when people press him about what are his expectations his answer is watch me work I'm in I'm in I'm in on Anthony Richardson what do the Nuggets need to do to bounce back now and return the favor? Win one in Miami the way Miami just stole one in Denver. He's in yeah, love Jay with Anthony Richardson. Matters.
4: He's in love. He's in love. He's in okay. L-O-V-E, love. Huh? You're in love with Anthony, Anthony Richardson. Richardson. Jay is saying
2: he's your uh, Justin Herbert the way yes. I am with Herbert. You right? just said
4: you're in love with Anthony Richardson. Keyshawn, <laughs>
2: J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN
3: Radio.
7: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies.